Hey Rewatchers, this week's episode is brought to you by the Highlander 25th Gathering Convention in Los Angeles in celebration of the unique and enduring legacy of the Highlander television series. The convention will take place Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, October 20th through the 22nd at the LAX Crown Plaza on West Century Boulevard in Los Angeles. We here at Highlander Rewatched could not be more excited about this convention, which will feature guests such as the Highlander himself, Adrian Paul, Elizabeth Grayson, Jim Burns, Stan Kirsch, Peter Wingfield, David Abramowitz, Efron McAsh, Anthony Delongis, and James Horan, who you may remember from his turn as Grayson in Season 1's Band of Brothers. Not only will you be able to meet the immortal swashbuckling stars of our favorite television series, but there will be amazing interactive classes offered as well. Sharpen your skills with the blade in Adrian Paul's sword experience. Go toe-to-toe with Efron McAsh in his knife combat class. Experience supersonic speeds with Whipmaster to the Stars, Anthony Delongis, and find inner peace and tranquility in Elizabeth Grayson's Fan Kata class. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us mortals, so make sure to head over to HighlanderWorldwide.com for details, tickets, and hotel booking info. We can't wait to see everybody at the Highlander 25th Anniversary Convention, Friday, October 20th through Sunday, October 22nd. Head on over to HighlanderWorldwide.com. Again, that's HighlanderWorldwide.com today to get your tickets. What was it like? I don't know what you mean. The quickening of a man that called you friend, who ate with you, prayed with you. What was the look on his face when you betrayed him? Was it the same as the one on Peter's? You wouldn't understand. How many colors and for how long? Since the beginning. Now, if you'll pardon me, I have to sing a mass for the dead. It is finished. Because you'll tell Paul We've been together for centuries. He'd never believe you. Nobody believe you. How could you? How could you do these things? McLeod is from outside. How could you believe his word over mine? I heard your words, Callis. Heard everything. This was holy ground, a sanctuary for all. And you used it. You used it to kill your own kind. You used it against me. Now your very presence soils these walls. But it was off holy ground. I'd never harm you. Better you had than all those others. Now leave here. Forever. CDs. They're called CDs now. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amen. Ooh, that line does not age well. No. What's a CD? Compact disc. They're called compact discs now. (laughs) Are they like old enough that people are starting to not know what they are? What that stands for? Yeah. I bet. I bet some people don't know what a CD is. Yeah, I bet like if you're 14 now, you might be like, what the hell? What's physical media? No, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. It's a Blu-ray even. It was a technology that was like dead before it was like before it was <laughs> yeah, invented. Really? I, 
I have a lot of Blu-rays, though. Do you? I do. I, I wish I had more. Watchmen on Blu-ray, Scott Pilgrim, both cranked movies, Batman, the original 1989, not the original, but 1989, uh, and many others. Wow, then that ends the Eamon brags about his Blu-ray collection <laughs> portion of our show. Hum Blu-rag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm very impressed. Well, I'm jealous of your Blu-rays. You should be. And we've been your rewatchers. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So this week we are talking about episode 14 of season three, Song of the Executioner. This is the start of the Callus cycle. The Callus cycle. The Harry Callus cycle. Yeah, is that like the ring cycle? That's mm-hmm. right. Ring rates. Oh, Wagner. Sh- opera jokes. Opera jokes. Y'all like opera? Buckle up. We're talking about Rheingold on this episode. <laughs> Rheingold? Oh, come on. One of the fucking cycles of the ring cycle. It's called Rheingold? Rheingold. The... Rheingold Cowboy. Exactly. Do, yeah, that's it. Do. All right, fine. <laughs> Guys, this episode was first aired February 20th, 1995. Directed by Paolo Barsman. That's right. Last episode we saw him do was They Also Serve, so two episodes ago. Frequent face on Highlander, it seems. Yep. He's a heavy hitter. This episode was written by David Tynan. Another heavy hitter. Another heavy hitter. R.I.P. Rest in Piper. Yep. Rest in Piper. Uh, some of his recent episodes that we saw were Line of Fire and Shadows. Two Shadows. Good. That's right. Uh, this episode guest stars David Robb as Callus. This is his first of five episodes. He has a ton of credits. He played Sirius Black in the Harry Potter video games. Whoa, really? In, yes, in the did. video games, you Just say? In the wow. video games. Oh, so he's, le- so he's Lego Sirius Black? Yeah. That's big. <laughs> uh, he was also Dr. Clarkson on Downton Abbey. He was Ken on Mastid in, not Clue, but Cluedo. Oh, Which is what Clue is called. Called in Britain, right? In Yeah, jolly old England. Cluedo. Cluedo. What? So they made another Clue movie in British only? I think it was like a TV show. Woof. Isn't that weird? Oh, no, they made two movies. They're two, like, I think they might be made for TV movies. How is Tim Curry in that one? I don't know. <laughs> in the Clue movie as a <laughs> butler. So this episode also guest stars Eugene Lipinski as Brother Paul. Uh, he's done a lot of uh, stuff, including he was in Indiana Jones. And The Last Crusade. That's right. He's also on Goosebumps and my personal favorite, Animorphs. <laughs> Animorphs. Do you remember the Animorphs book covers? Yeah, yep, they're all they're, amazing. They yep. were all like people transitioning into animals. One of those people is trapped in the body of a falcon now. Yep. But he's really a man. A man. Kyle Ren turns into Slam the Cat. All right, this episode also stars yeah. Linda Boyle as Karen and Dimitri Gorostas as Timon. Where's Pumba? Maybe in a sequel. Mm. You guys ready for this IMDb description? Always. This is another this one. This is another, yeah. <laughs> another long one, guys. Start of the Callus cycle. Duncan. Whoa. <laughs> I like that it starts with that as though that's a thing that you would know. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Duncan and Anne attend a musical performance by a group of European monks led by Duncan's old friend, immortal brother Paul. Paul discovers that immortal Karis is the promoter who arranged the tour so that he could get Paul off holy ground and settle an old score by taking his head. In flashback to 1658 Europe, Duncan finds a monastery run by Brother Paul where immortals can retreat. And Callus is the chief singer as well as a cop. The chief singer? What does that mean? (laughs) As well as a copyist. Another visiting immortal, Timon, gives Duncan Macbeth and offers to teach him to read it. It's Timon. It's Timon. It's Timon. It's Timon. I've seen The Lion King. It's (laughs) Timon. Duncan suspects Callus of treachery. And he and Paul confront Callus. In modern day, Callus concentrates on getting to Duncan by hurting those he loves. He frames Anne for the deaths of two patients this and is Joe for selling drugs at his bar. 
punishingly oh. detailed. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the description. Yep. Just for That's con- the end of the whole script of this episode. <laughs> Just for contrast, the YouTube description. Paul, Duncan's old immortal friend, disappears, and Anne and Joe are framed for crimes. McLeod suspects his old enemy, Callus, is responsible. Sounds good to me. Yep. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Booyah. All right, so let's jump into this episode. We open in Vanderbilt Hall, and the audience is listening to a bunch of monks singing uh, some Gregorian chant, the Curie et les Ooh. That's right. And there's a buzz, and one of the monks notices Mac... And Mac kind of makes a weird face. Yep. Why is there a buzz? In the middle of the concert? just yep. been sitting there the whole time. Yeah, maybe Paul swayed a little bit closer. <laughs> yeah, right tip in the, the range. Tip that extra couple inches yep. into yeah. buzz range. <laughs> yeah, like, shouldn't that have gone on a while ago? Or is that just like a periodic reminder? Is the buzz audible to immortals? Like, would that interfere with the Paul's music. singing? <laughs> he can't enjoy the music. Just yeah. Mac is just like having no fun. <laughs> Mac is just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's going way off key because yeah. all I can hear is <laughs> Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. That's what Curie Eliza means. Anyway, I love Mac this. Mac is of there music. with Anne. That's right. We cut now to like a control booth and this is being recorded or something, and Callus is the one recording it. I feel like these are security cameras, but this does the like TV trope <laughs> where the security cameras are like placed at angles that oh, yeah. no security camera would ever be like at hip height or something yeah well you'd want a security camera specifically pointing at row nine yes. right. yeah. 26 <laughs> to capture mac grinning like he's yeah. grinning so big yep for this like gregorian yeah, chant to share cat yeah. over this thing it's like this is amazing yep so callus so keeps reaching for his throat he's, he's just like fondling his throat we're like hmm, just... what's going on and here like Kind of lip syncing along, and he's going, yeah. along with it. and it's just like my name was just like, is this the world's creepiest producer? Yep, it's yep. just like the he's just like the gross guy backstage at the Emmys. So after the performance is done, the crowd goes like nuts, and then this guy Paul, brother Paul, who Paul, who, who, who Adrian Paul knows, monks brought down the house. Yep, I guess Mac knows him, and they have a moment. I guess he wasn't sure if Mac would show up because he's like, oh, like I sent a letter. Like this guy's way in the past. This like, guy's voice, especially during this introduction he sounds like the fucking sicilian from princess and the bride <laughs> he's like yeah i was afraid you wouldn't get my letter yeah so i guess his abbey was having financial trouble but they were able to get a record deal which is gonna solve all that i don't know how don't many people are buying that. these albums who's buying cds of gregorian chants? so here's my theory is this music is unlike anything they've ever heard because in the world of highlander everyone's listening to midi Oh, yeah. Sidney Bechet. So they're yeah. like, wait, this sounds like real music. And uh, so maybe this is the up. hot stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's that straight dope. Maybe they got paid forward. I don't know. But they got like a letter out of the blue. Yes. Uh, and then there's like some more ragging on like modern day shit. Like Paul's like, oh, I saw this movie on the plane and it was like atrocious. And Max's like, oh, we should talk about the decline of Western morality. He's like, no, the dialogue was awful. Ha ha. Ha ha. They were watching Highlander 2 on the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the important movie. <laughs> yep. All right, Holy so shit! They're going to meet up later and hang out. Pal around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and pal around. Talk about the wonders Paul of flying around. on a... Yeah, they're going to pull around. They're the wonders of, all around. Yeah. The wonders of flying on a jet plane. Mm-hmm. All right, so we cut a little later, and we're still in Vanderbilt Hall, and Paul, Paul I guess, is, is like singing, singing on stage by himself or whatever. For reasons. A, yeah. So he gets the buzz. It's like, oh, maybe it's Mac. He's coming to visit again. McLeod? Uh, but no, gravelly voice. It's callous. By gravelly voice, you mean he swallowed a computer. <laughs> yeah, the is voice, his voice computer generated? The cra- yes. 
Okay. It's like digitally. He sounds like this. Eamon Bot's back. Hello. How are you doing? Did you play Callus in the. I just did ADR. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, it doesn't even sound like the Eamon Bot voice. It literally just sounds like a filter on a normal voice. Oh, yeah. That's right. So it's bizarre. Like, it's a very strange voice. Like, I feel like there was a much easier way to represent this that, like, was way less jarring if someone's just like Bleh. if he just had a gravelly voice yeah could this actor not speak with a gravelly voice or could they have him overdub it his own lines later yeah i don't remember this being digital when i was a kid i do not like i was either. like oh gra- it, like his gravelly voice and then i was listening to it, i was like hold on what like, it's jarring yeah yeah i mean do we think he's a robot is that what's going he on? might be <laughs> he might yeah be. that's why he's immortal yeah oh that immortal makes sense. robot from zeist a he droid. was sent back in time mm. to, to invent music <laughs> to yeah. invent music right that's why he can copy so perfectly. He's a robot. Mm-hmm. Boom. I'm going to stick by this. We cracked the case. We'll see how we that did. plays out the rest of the season. Anyway, so he's there for some revenge and for Paul being a quarter tone flat. Which he's not, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, he's not? No, he's fine. <laughs> like, literally, Paul is singing perfectly. Because it's a recording. He's not <laughs> singing. Sing. Yeah. So anyway, Paul then runs and gets his sword, which I was like, Paul brought his sword, let alone brought it, like, on the stage? Good for him. Be prepared. Yeah, well, be I prepared. think what better twist to this would have been like, well, this is a stage. Maybe there's like a set, like a opera set, like yeah. a dressing room. So he grabs an opera sword? <laughs> no, he grabs a prop sword. And one of the reasons he loses is like it gets broken instantly. Mm. I thought this was fine. Uh, yeah. Like, did he need an excuse to lose? No. No, he's like he a doesn't. Flaboid. He's a, yeah. No, he's going to lose. He's the least threatening looking immortal we've yeah. maybe seen on the show to date. Domin, Domin Ross versus he's, he's, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Domin Ross. That's a good matchup. It's like a four-hour fight of just flailing. Who, and right in. Who wins? Domin Ross versus Paul. Brother Paul. Yeah. yeah. I think Domin got gots it. Gots it? I think Domin Ross does have it. He's working hard to go kill a child. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. Domin Ross knew it. Domin Ross knew it. No. All right. So he gets owned pretty quickly. And so he takes his head, and at that point, like electricity strikes the rosary and it like explodes. Explodes. Yo. Yeah. What is this dude's hands okay? I don't know. Well, I mean, this his head's not... not, so I don't think his hands really matter. I mean, like, the literal actor. Oh, the person that was holding the Who's shit. holding the rosary, and then it explodes and is on fire, and his hands are, like, it's like an inch away. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever stunt guy had to hold that shit. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, it yeah is. it's nuts. It's kind of a cool image. Yeah. Yeah, but why does the rosary explode? And none of anything else? Nothing else blows yeah. up. No. What about this crucifix is particularly combustible? It's symbolic, man. I do agree. The the, the style trumps any sort of logic. This oh, yeah. Like, it is a cool image. It's like, oh, cool, his rosary explodes because Chaos is evil. Yeah. Later, it isn't exploded when it yeah. is mailed to somebody. Yep. Spoiler like, alert. It sparked, but it didn't explode into pieces? Yeah. Maybe it's another know. one. Maybe you put another one in there. Oh, yeah. 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 His backup rosary? Yep. Yeah. It's like, oh, I blew up that rosary. That one was this, just for show. This is Here's the rosary the he keeps in his shoe. Like, <laughs> his his, uh, his travel backup rosary. rosary. So no one yeah. robs him and takes his yeah. rosary. Yeah. All right. So That's important. You gotta... we cut to the loft, and Anne's there with Mac, and she gets a phone call from Nurse Marsha. 
who we've talked about before on the show, that she's like the weird background nurse. That, Is that like, the weird background nurse? Huh? Okay. That's like just kind of popped up here and there. Right. Uh, she's calling out sick, blah, blah, blah. So Anne's like, well, get better, blah, blah, blah. Well, she's also a patient, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Anne's like treating her for, what's her sickness? Hypoglycemia. Hypoglycemia. So Anne is very excited. She gives Mac a big kiss, and she's like, I want to thank you for tonight. Like, this was some magical night. And she's like, I can't believe I even got to meet a monk. I've, it's like... This is not like, not like you met like a forest gnome or something. Like, yeah. I met a monk. A, a forest gnome? Yeah. <laughs> is your example? I don't know. Fair enough. But uh, David the gnome. Yeah, she actually met David the gnome. Mm-hmm. And surprised Mac is even friends with Paul because she's like, you don't seem like a, the celibate. The type. celibate type. It's like obviously because you they guys are not banging it out yet? all the time. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you'd be surprised, but like, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. Right. Uh, so they get a flashback to a monastery in 1658. Mac is looking ragged. Yeah, Mac, this like, is so dark. Like the screen is just dark. I feel mm-hmm. like someone's pounding on the door of like a monastery, and two monks come to the door. One of whom is Brother Paul, and right. one of whom is Timon or Timon. Timon. We could all right. We could stick with Timon, Timon, but we just need to make clear that Timon's his real name. Yeah. Okay. And it's pronounced. Oh, Timon. They, the two of them are Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. Oh, oh I guess so. Actually You're actually a really right. Good point, Brother yeah. Pumbaa. Yeah. So Brother Pumbaa, <laughs> and it starts with a P. That works out. And the monastery is cleaned by a Roomba. <laughs> yeah. So they let Mac in from this horrible storm. Right. And Mac looks like a musketeer. Mm-hmm. And he so is. this is apparently a sanctuary created for immortals, we find out. Right. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I was kind of curious if this is like the birth of that idea. Like, this is explored in Endgame. Right. And I'm curious, did David Abramowitz or whatever come up with this here? Yeah. And they're like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if there was a special place for them? But they don't wear those silly face mask things, helmets VR and, helmets. Yeah. They're, they, they're, they're actually all VR up. troopers. Troopers, three go. Virtual, Virtual reality. reality. Jay Leno, was he on that show? Yeah, VR troopers. <laughs> Wasn't he the ghost? The way this is shot is interesting for two reasons. One, it didn't occur to me at first that Brother Timon was immortal. No, I that didn't realize me, that at first either. That took me a while to catch on yeah. to that. No buzz, right? Well, if there's a buzz, also Brother Paul's there. Right. This whole place is screaming loud. It's is there buzz a buzz central. when he comes in, though? I don't remember there being a buzz. Yeah. And then mm. the other thing about it that was kind of puzzling, the way this initial thing is shot, like, if we hadn't had this establishing bit where brother paul is like his good friend this is shot like he's going to like dracula's castle or some shit like this is like a scary tense thing and like mac is instantly suspicious of it well because paul's like we haven't lost any immortals yeah it's like oh yeah like it seems very sinister yeah in a lot of ways like i was expecting i kept waiting for this to go south yeah which i guess it does but (laughs) it does go south yeah Yeah. (laughs) there is a buzz at some point and mac meets callus or sees callus who's singing in the most angelic voice i guess mac has ever heard and we find out that like his voice is that's like this guy's point of living is like he loves to sing he's not very friendly though and it's like because he didn't stop singing when he saw you yeah like, like this is not the appropriate moment for him to just be like oh hi <laughs> he just like randomly yeah. teases callus oh, yeah. hey, what's up yeah he's not ter- he has a terrible speaking voice yeah. a beautiful singing voice though well the other thing is duncan is trying to meet his friend here right peter may what's his name peter peter hale hale, hale. yeah peter but- is the one who told him about it and he yeah. came to meet him here but right. peter ain't here Right. We find out that he's left a couple weeks ago for England. Per Brother Chaos. Right. So we cut a little later in the monastery dining area, uh, and Timon and Mac are eating. 
Uh, and Timon's like, well, I'm not like a monk or anything. Although he's dre- like, everyone's dressed in like monk garb. This is Mac at yeah. this point. He's like, I'm just a lay brother. Right. Whatever that means. I like the way Adrian Paul's playing this. Like, again, this is like young Mac. Like, mm-hmm. he's like got his elbows on the table, like chowing down. Like, this is the rough Mac. This is Barbarian Duncan. Exactly. It's pretty good. Which is great. I love that. Uh, uh, so we get some funny dialogue about Shakespeare. This is great. I, this I is love hysterical. This. Brother Timon is very happy with his special copy of Macbeth and like Mac is pretending he can read oh, he's like oh yeah Macbeth okay I know Shakespeare yeah Whatever. of course I could read of course Macbeth what a great book but I don't really have time to read it right now right <laughs> Timon's like oh you can't read but he can read a little Latin and Italian was yes it? yeah oh and Mac also doesn't want to go sing because he'll sing over like a pint of ale but these people sound more like sound more like birds than men <laughs> that's right did anyone know so they get poured wine in this scene did anyone notice who's pouring the wine no. David Abramowitz. Oh, really? Yep. Damn it. So he was in town for, uh, because this was the final episode they shot in Vancouver, so it was a big rap party. Because all these episodes are being written, like, in L.A. The writers are uh, completely separate from yeah. the film crew. So the writers came up for the rap party. Oh, and so they put nice. him in some robes and had him play, like, a cantor. Brother Abramowitz. He's actually Brother Simba. So Timon offers to help Mac read. Yeah, which I'm like, oh, reading is fundamental. <laughs> it is. Oh, Batman we should do, we returns do a... his books to the library. <laughs> Did Highlander ever do a uh, read poster for a library? I feel like Duncan McCloud should be dressed in a kilt. Books are forever. <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge is immortal. <laughs> so anyway, Mac makes some joke at some point about like, oh, he's like, it's a Scottish story. It can't be that bad. Mac is oh. shuffling around looking mm-hmm. at his book, and then he hears like metal being sharpened, and he peeks in Callus's room, and Callus is poly- like, shining a sword or sharpening a sword shining a sword where's sword the buzz sharpeners. in this scene i mean again i think it's everybody's Is buzzing constant? constant yeah because they're always in close proximity to apparently multiple immortals including right brother timon right who i thought was just a dude but <laughs> yeah I, I this was weird yeah he got immortality from eating all those grubs yeah <laughs> that's it <laughs> all right so we cut to the present and mac is just getting off the phone because brother paul did not show up the night before for their literal bro down hoedown and he's worried about him then richie shows up to the dojo office and shades indoors <laughs> richie <laughs> is actually just cyclops so richie's buddy larry wants him to like race in florida yeah do some pro moto crossing uh this is real this isn't part of callus's scheme that we don't know is happening yet yeah I've, no I've, i thought this was part of callus's scheme at first. oh that would have made sense get him like out of to there. get richie out of max like Life. rear view yeah. yeah but it's not he's just... no he's just racing yeah, yeah this is the like as we see when we transition into the french episodes like this is the new take on richie is that like oh right. richie can be a racer that's his deal play up the motorcycle thing so this is like them teasing it that's all this is yeah because richie does fucking shit in this episode <laughs> But Mac is like kind of distracted and doesn't really congratulate Richie on this news and grants him permission to. Yeah, he's like, you go and do your thing. Yeah. But then he's like, Paul didn't show, blah, blah, blah. And Richie's, well, I can stay. Richie's being a real bro about this. Yeah. But it's uh, all for naught. Mac's like, well, if something happened, you can't do anything about it. And if something didn't, if he's fine, there's nothing you can do about it. So. So we cut to the hospital. Does anyone think this is a different hospital exterior shot, by the way? That's what I have in my notes. No, I didn't notice. Yeah. I was like, is this a different hospital? And then I, of course, had a theory about it. I was like, oh, so. And got fired from her other job because she's lost a bunch of people in the morgue. And it's a goddamn mess. And so this is her new job at a new hospital, which she's going to fuck up again. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to get fired. She gets fired a lot. Is, gets a lot of professional flack because of Mac. Mm-hmm. Flack Mac. Mac has ruined her life in so multiple many ways. Multiple times. It's unbelievable. Including subjecting her to multiple shootouts. Mm-hmm. 
And he ain't done, baby. <laughs> Marsh is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's how this goes. Yeah, that's, where, that's where we are now. Yeah. So, so Anne sees the nurse. It's like, how's your day? And it's like shitty and stuff. And it's like, oh, Marsha is here. Uh-oh. She arrived DOA. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out it's because she was prescribed too much insulin. Where she is hypoglycemic, so apparently shouldn't be given insulin. Uh-huh. And so they're going to open a case on this. And I guess Anne's boss, like the manager the of the hospital. The administrator is like, The mm. suit man. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, we got your back, but we got to like figure out what the fuck's going on here. Mm. And then she walks by. And who is there, like, turning his head in a doctor coat? But callous. That's right. Uh-oh. I really wish we did not see him here. I would prefer some of this to be like a little bit more mysterious. Yeah, let this like germinate a, mis- a little bit. Yeah, like who's like we know instantly. First off, we know that Callus is a bad guy. We already saw him kill brother Paul. Yeah. Kill oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I think like, all of that should have been a little bit more downplayed. Like I feel yeah. like we should not know who the villain is in this episode. This whole thing is just shit is falling apart. Why? Yeah. And then slowly piece it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the big reveal at the end is, it's oh, it's callous. Uh-huh. I think that would be pretty effective. But that, we know. Yeah, we know. We know as soon as you see him in the hospital that he's somehow got a hand in this. Mm-hmm. We cut to Joe's, and Mac is asking about Brother Paul. Joe tells Mac that like he's checked into it. There's no sign of Paul. So I had a note here. I was like, in this, in this world, it seems like the Watchers don't do much watching like at all. They're too busy yeah. tending bar. Yeah. yeah, like they're just playing like, poker. Co- they're cobbling together like pieces later of like, mm-hmm. oh, like where is? I have questions here. Where is Paul's watcher during when all this shit goes down? Good question. Do you Where's, think he's like finally? Maybe Paul's watcher is just so rusty because he never moves anywhere. They yeah. Just oh, like, maybe they don't even have one on him. You think he'd be in the choir? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Then mm-hmm. where's fucking Callus's watcher? And then we know Joe doesn't give a fuck. He's running the bar and never watching Mac because Mac never. just gives him play-by-play updates. But somehow he was at that the fight. Gracie fight. Yeah. Right. Well, that was In before the they were friends. That's yeah. when he was actually doing his job. Yeah. Before he made Mac do his job for him. <laughs> just report back in. Tell me what you've been up to. Uh, Mac, what did you do last week? <laughs> Mac's just making up stuff. Oh, nothing. I invented the internet. Why did Mac talk like Joe? Who knows? Al Gore. So Joe says things are going like kind of okay. 90% okay. And then this fucking goofy bass player comes in. Right. He's the other 10%. He's the problem. This guy's up to no good. He's always late. He's starting shit. Drunk Max. all the time. And this is like a house band? I guess like Joe somehow runs this yeah, band? Yeah, I guess he runs yeah. it. So he's fired this guy, Max. And Max flips shit. He goes behind the bar, grabs a beer. Ooh, who knows what else he does behind that bar? Hmm. And he's like, I got a new gig. I got a recording studio. I don't need your bullshit, Joe. I am out of here. Two recording contracts in one episode. It's almost like there's a pattern. Yeah. It's almost like a bad guy. It's like <laughs> oh, a record right. exec. <laughs> Two recording contracts, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Joe's like, hey, Mac, I got like a package for you. It's like, that's weird. Like, yeah. like who's delivering packages for Mac at this bar? Yep. That can't be good. So Mac opens up this package, and it's Paul's rosary. And Joe's oh, like, oh, what's a rosary. A rosary, yeah, because Paul's Cause it's exploded. not exploded. Right? <laughs> Anyone think this was like intentional? Because he's like, oh, what's that mean? And he's like, Paul is dead. I was like, is this a Beatles joke? Oh, I don't no. know. Why is this a Beatles joke? Because well, that's a beetle named paul no that's like a big uh theory like when you play what's it called backwards like the the white album backwards it's like oh you can hear paul is dead oh. like people are like oh paul mccartney is dead like that was huh. a big like the, the paul mccartney we see is not the real paul mccartney oh yeah that conspiracy theory mm-hmm. 
Did you you know about this? I, this is the first I've heard of this, and it's insane. Go Some on. people well, think buckle that up. It's there's true. A Paul, <laughs> the Paul McCartney doppelganger that took Paul McCartney's place. Yes, and has been Paul McCartney since like whatever. Uh huh. So doppel, and they put a clue into the album when you play it backwards. It says Paul is dead. Yep. Why did they do that? Uh, to let the world know that they're question. being held hostage by doppelganger Paul. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. It's so, so stupid. Which one of them had like a famous friendship slash feud with Michael Jackson? Was that Doppel Paul? I guess so. Yeah, I guess it would have to be. So yeah. that's Doppel Paul. Okay. Doppel Paul. Yeah. Doppel. Doppel. Paul. Radar. Damn it. This doesn't work. <laughs> okay. No. We're, Whatever. Anyway, I was kind of curious if that was here, a, but we're gonna lose that. <laughs> fuck us. All right. So uh, they do another cool transition. There's one of those cuts. I liked it. Like Mac closes his hand on the rosary, and then when it opens up, it's in the past. I was like, yeah. Nice, nice job. Nice job, Paulo. Ooh, Paulo. Paul Adrian Paulo Barsman. <laughs> Paul. This episode is sick with Pauls. Yeah. <laughs> Too many Pauls. So Mac is starting to feel like at peace here. Because he's shaved. Uh, oh, he doesn't have his mustache. Yep. A giant, like, wild man beard he yeah. had before. Callus Cal- is, like, doing transcriptions. And he does them with, like... He is perfect. Perfect. And he's like, it's like an illuminated manuscript. Yeah, it's something. very pretty stuff. Callus like prescribes some meaning to it. He's like, I don't want to like dilute the word of God. Like it must be perfect every time. So that was kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, this feels like a Darius plot. Yeah. The brother Paul story, I think is something they wanted to tell with Darius. And uh, it's like a holdover. Interesting. That just occurred to me during this scene, which is why my note says it here. But because huh. also he used, just Darius, he used to be a warrior. Right. Like, yeah. this has a very similar character. Like, yeah. Duncan goes through the exact same transition with Darius. Like, he's weary from, like, fighting in the Napoleonic Wars or some shit. You're and, right. And, like, Darius is like, well, why don't you come with me? Yeah. I can help you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, if Werner Stocker did not die, that, like, this might have been the instance when they decided that they would kill Werner Stocker. Because I feel like that's the end of that character. Like, that character was going to die at some point. Yeah. Right. And this would have been the way to do it. Hmm. Yeah, sorry, that's just, it feels That would have made Callus even better. Their costumes are even similar. Yeah. Him killing a beloved character, like, recurring character, as opposed to this one-off guy. Yeah. Good just, theory, Just huh? killing Pumbaa. That's right. Pumbaa. So. Callus is a real hyena, man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Mac he is. He has a scar. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> this is the Lion King. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, So Mac is really taken by Callus's manuscripts, but is definitely suspicious. So he asks him, hey, whatever happened to, like, Peter? Callus is like, oh, wasn't he going to Denmark? And he was like, oh, it was England. And it's like, oh, like, is his story, like, he's misremembering, presumably, his lie. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh Mac is extra suspicious now. Mm -hmm. Also, Mac is, like, playing with his art supplies while he's talking to him. I thought that was pretty funny. Like he picks up a charcoal stick and is like, and like puts it back. <laughs> Mac is now continuing his studies with Brother Timon. Mm-hmm. He is really enjoying this Shakespeare. He's a tricky way with words, Mister Shakespeare. Ugh. But also, Mac is getting a little frustrated because he's got the spring fever, as it were. Yeah, he's Mac Corny. Yeah, Mac yeah. Corny indeed. Mac Corny. <laughs> yeah, and he's like. He's trying to rap about this with Brother Timon. Also, does talking to Timon about this make Timon so horny he leaves? I had a lot of problems with Timon just oh, yeah. leaving. I was yeah, like, he what is like this? the Irish goodbye or He's like, I'm done. He well, he said like, he was bad at goodbyes. So some, yeah, after this conversation, essentially, he just leaves without saying goodbye at some point. Well, he's like, oh, this Mac's on or something. Yeah, yeah I, he's I, like, I, 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 I don't fuck around. I was a little like, 
I don't know. I don't know how I felt about this because I got the impression that Callus, as it comes to be known, is murdering these people. I thought Callus was lying about the whole thing. And that he like is like, oh, like you want to meet me in the, the garden for something? And then he kills people out there and then makes up a lie like, oh, they decide to leave. I thought that was what was happening with Timon, that he's lying. And they're like, oh, didn't you hear Timon left? And it's like we had no in- inclination that Timon would leave at all. Right. And so yeah, I just assumed that Callus was lying about it. But no, that's not the case. Timon is bailing Maybe out of nowhere. What you're saying is correct, actually. And it's just that Timon left in the night, so Callus followed him. No, because Ka- when Callus is- confronts him, he's like, oh, I'm out here to confront you because I wanted to say goodbye. And that's when we find out that Timon is like, well, I'm not good at goodbyes. Yeah. So he never is like, oh, just come and meet me for whatever reason. No, no, no. I mean, like, it's possible that the other people, that is what he did. Oh, and in this case, it was true. It's a, In this case, Timon's pulling some shit. And Maybe. he just follows him. I don't know. Know. I don't, Timon I, horny. Timon horny, Michael. what this is. They're yeah. both horny. Also, Mac pulls out a apt line for Immortals that I imagine some writer was very proud of himself for identifying. The time creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. Or life creeps at this petty pace from day to day. That's good. Immortality. Timon's leaving. Callus meets him. They fight. Timon, Timon dead. Loses. Yep. And yeah. Mac gets Mac there is, like kind of, well, Mac not quite in time. watches the fight and like, yeah. doesn't get involved. And he's yeah. also unarmed, so. Yeah. He reaches for his sword and then realizes he doesn't have it. Which there was like a oh, whole yeah. interaction at the beginning where he was very reluctant to get rid of his, like hand over his sword because it's like a part of him. At this point, he has a rapier. He doesn't have a, his katana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just kind of watches this happen and doesn't let his presence be known. And I guess they can't feel him approach. Yeah, I guess not. No one like stops and is like oh shit there's someone else here i guess he's far enough away <laughs> i guess so we cut back to the monastery and mac has gotten back there ahead of time and meets callus when he arrives he's like oh you're up late or whatever so this is the clip that was at the top of the episode where callus's whole fucking scheme is blown by mac and paul is waiting in the wings so he hears callus kind of confess to everything because callus is like well brother paul's never going to believe your word over mine like i've been here since the beginning paul comes out he's like i've heard it all <laughs> he confesses that he's been doing this from jump yeah. yeah, like from the beginning of this place, he's been picking off the people who come here seeking refuge. So it's just pretty reptilian. He's a real bonehead. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real goofball. So that's interesting. So oh, then Paul and, throws and Mac, him out. The reason Mac was chasing Timon was to give him back his autographed copy of Macbeth. Yeah, right. Autographed copy. Do we think that's really? true? Or do you think Max is suspicious of this whole thing? Well, as soon as he hears Timon left, he goes, where's Brother Callus? Yeah. He right. immediately asks the question. Like, he's very concerned about it from jump. So, I mean, is, but he's not so concerned he brings his sword. Yeah. Well, I think that's because he forgot he doesn't have his sword. I think he's used to having it always. So he leaves. But he hasn't had it. Presumably, he's learned to read in this amount of time. <laughs> right. So it's presumably been a minute. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Can adults learn? I don't know how fast adult literacy takes, but as either. a person who barely knows how to read, as evidence from <laughs> me reading these IMDb episode descriptions, it takes a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I think he left because he suspects Callus is up to some shit. I think he told Paul he was returning the book because that was an yeah. excuse. Yep. So, anyway, Paul kicks Callus out, which makes Callus flip shit because this is like, again, his whole life. Like, Callus legitimately does love to sing. That part's not yeah. bullshit. Yeah. There's a lot of what Callus does is not bullshit. Like, Callus likes his time there. He likes doing the transcriptions. He likes singing. But he also likes killing people on the side. Yeah. That's his side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> it's a living. It's a living. He's a bird that puts its beak on a record. Yep. Uh, so, cut into the present. We're in Joe's what? bar. That's right. Flintstone, Flintstone style. Oh. Mac is not sure if it is Callus because he says... 
it honestly could have been anybody that killed Paul because Paul was so shitty yeah, with like, a sword. Like, it, who knows what the plot is yet. But he abandons that notion quickly. So the camera does this weird thing where it, like, leaves the two of them, like, walks down the bar, and then, like, these police officers enter, and it comes... It, like, it's a, This is very strange for the show. What do you think of this lead detective? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Not the world's the greatest no. actor. Nope. And we back to detectives. Great. Yeah. Also, I would believe this guy was like a real detective and like yeah. not an actor. He's not a good actor. <laughs> so what happens here, Raymond? Joe is accused of dealing. Is it heroin again? Yeah, I think so. He says he got a letter. Somebody swears you're dealing. Right. Drugs. So they search like, this place. Oh, okay. So they search the back of the bar where presumably somebody said, hey, if you look here, you're going to find drugs. This guy instantly, instantly finds it. He walks back drugs. and yeah. just grabs it. Yeah. Just grabs the drugs. I'm like, Off really? the cocaine like, shelf. They wouldn't be the slightest bit suspicious about this. They instantly arrest Joe. Like, like immediately. Right. And, upon finding this out. Yeah. And Joe's like, hey, you know me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, like they play cards or something again. Like these guys are yeah. friends. This is a weird. Why make him, Why make Joe know him? I don't know. Maybe just to make it seem like, oh, this is very plausible. Because like, even though I know you and I know you're a good guy, I have so much reason to search your place. Yeah. I've got a warrant yeah. for reasons. I'm sorry, pal, but you're done. Yeah. You're done. You're fired. So he's got to like, yeah, clear everybody out of here. They don't cuff him and they let him walk out. Right. But. Yeah. So then we cut to the loft and Mac is telling Anne that like mistakes happen. He's trying to like console her about like her killing her friend. Yeah, that's a hard thing to console her over. And so Anne is like second guessing all her shit. And then she she finds out that she's losing another patient, right? She gets a phone call and somebody else is dying on her watch, as it were. They were suspicious. Subscribed. They were prescribed. They they subscribed to Esquire. They subscribed to Esquire and canceled their subscription. That's it. Any moment to someone someone with a with an allergy, it's poison. Did anyone check out the pleats on Anne's pants in this scene? No. They go all the way down. (laughs) They like start from her waist, and I think they go to the floor. These pleats are extreme. Why does she need pleats? She's so thin. Is she wearing she's, scrubs? I thought she was wearing scrubs. No, she's, she's got not. full pleat pleated action. scrubs. Pleated no. scrubs. That's not a thing. Everyone in the nineties were pleated everything. Anne is uh, suspended. Yeah, suit man appears, and he's she's you know. And yeah. again, ca- we see Callus at the hospital again. In case yeah. you missed it the first time. Yep. Hey, no buzz this time either. Buzz. Is Mac there yet? No, uh, Mac's he's not, not there. there yet. Okay. He comes later. Come, come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly, sugar baby. <laughs> Uh, so in the hall later, uh, Anne tells Mac that her license is under review. She's being suspended, blah, blah, blah. And then Anne is like, oh, like maybe I, like, I'm a burnout. I'm a liability to my patients, blah, blah, blah. So Anne says that they've got my signature like authorizing this stuff. So we've talked about gaslighting on this show before. This is gaslighting, right? How? Anne is questioning her own sanity at this point she's like did i do this did i not do this callus is gaslighting yeah callus is i mean he's committing he's framing her that's a little different like he literally i guess uh, to the outside world like people aren't gonna assume this is a forgery no frankly people are very ready to accept max theory that it's a forgery oh yeah so very ready has this theory he's like hold on one second so then they go into the administrator's office and he's like sign your name oh god oh god yeah, yeah. Well, like we also get another flashback. We get the portion the of same. We yeah. get the portion. We saw this five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, we get the portion of the flashback about the copying, and yeah. we see like way more of this than we needed. Yep. Even if you needed like the dialogue to play in the background, exactly, just a like, voiceover, just, a, just like the smallest taste of it. They yeah. let this go on for oh, a the while. Oh, the copy is perfect. You just hear that echo in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Move on. 
We yeah. do not need this padding. Ah! <laughs> and for some reason, they let Max see the chart. This hospital administrator is nope. just like, okay. Don't he's do like, that. He's like, who is this guy? And yeah. then he's just like, so who could save you a lot of money and embarrassment? So like, show it to me. And he's like, okay. So he shows it and oh, somehow this... manages to prove to them in a couple seconds that yeah. the signature on the two prescriptions <laughs> resulting in fatalities were forged. And he's like, oh, any expert would agree with me. And it's yeah. like, okay. And then they're like, I suggest you give her back her license. And it's like, this guy doesn't want to check with his lawyers at all or yeah. like an actual expert who yeah. will maybe actually agree with that. Yep. An no. actual handwriting expert. Yep. Also, yeah. this is nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this happens crazy. so infrequently. Like a forgery, this is going to happen so infrequently yeah. that like. It's preposterous. Yes. Yeah. You definitely, she is definitely still suspended. And yeah. like. Maybe you do have someone look at the handwriting, but maybe maybe yeah. this only, warrants only, more than that telling him you better do this. Yeah, I'm definitely right. Yeah, yeah. only maybe I can <laughs> right. see the administrators being like, I don't even know why I showed this to you. Goodbye. Yeah. Who is this ponytail man? <laughs> You're still suspended. All right. So let's talk about this next scene, because this is a very important scene. Anne is like, what the fuck is happening? And Mac is like, someone's trying to get to me by destroying your life. Who's trying to destroy my life later? so yeah don't ask me now (laughs) yeah and she's like you better tell me now and he's like no why is that is is it because he well just never wants to tell Anne? is it because they're in a crowded space like is that the later like maybe we will talk about this at my apartment i don't know but she gives him a fucking ultimatum and it's like if you walk away we're done and mac walks away and i just wrote and finally dumps him yay hooray Hooray! It's about time. It is about time. Like, why did you... You came back to him for no reason. Like, you knew this was going to happen. This guy is trouble with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for Pumbaa. (laughs) (laughs) Who's trying to destroy my life? Like... These things yeah. are crazy. Yep. That's a sentence that not no one almost never ever say. says. Yeah. Like, have you ever had an occurrence? Like, have you ever had a bad day at work and been like, "I think someone's trying to destroy my life." Well, it's just like, oh, this is my boyfriend. He has uh, enemies who try to destroy my life. But you know, your boyfriends don't have enemies. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually a crip. Yeah. That would be the more normal explanation for this, right? I have a note that's circled that just says "fuck you, Mac" when he walks away. <laughs> Jesus. So we cut to Max's bar. Nope, Joe's bar. And it's closed. It has been shut down by, I guess, the police or whatever mm-hmm. for being a drug dealing hellhole. <laughs> but Joe is inside playing. I guess he got out on bail? Joe can make bail. All right. Sure. He's got so, the cash. Well, hold on, because then Matt comes in and he's like, oh, I thought you had till, till tomorrow to like clear out. So, like, how does this work? Can uh, they shut down his business because he was dealing drugs? Is there any evidence that this was, like, a front? Like, that's the only way I can see them shutting down a business. There's some weird messed up rules about that, but they're very state specific and a lot of them get challenged. Joe definitely has the money to challenge it. I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say this is wonky, but whatever. It's a plot (laughs) device and it's fine. And of course, wonky. Yeah, it's Willy Wonky. So Mac thinks it's callous. But then Joe's like, well, me and Mike know what Callus looks like. So we we didn't spot him in here. Also, by the way, we never talked about in uh, what's it called? They also serve like Mike. Bartender Mike is full in on all this, like, crazy breaking the rule shit, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he knows Mac comes in there and Richie 
constantly. It's the yeah. only place they go. Yeah, and he never. Yeah, he never says a point. peep about yep. any of that. So Mike's full on into this shit too. Mm-hmm. Mac has the idea, like maybe it was that shitty bass player. Yeah. Ah, so mm-hmm. Mac asks, "Where do I find this guy?" Which is in a random parking lot somewhere. Joe's like, "Ah, he he's hangs just, out at this parking lot." He's just walking down the street, <laughs> yep. and Mac pulls up alongside him. Oh, also, did anyone notice the water heater behind Joe during this whole conversation? No. I just want to make. <laughs> I, I often do, don't adequately notice the water. Well, there's a good reason I notice it, because that means the water heater is usually in the basement. So this is down below, so you'd have to enter from above. Why is the water heater on the first floor? This is a weird bar. This is a weird place, man. Katana space. It is a katana space. (sighs) So Mac finds Max. Yep, Mac Mac finds finds Max. Max Max and Mac. Max and Manko. Maxi pad. So he bat Max. (laughs) He bat Max Max. Yeah, there he go. like grabs this guy by his scarf and like, He's like starts driving. <laughs> he just like, drags him by the tie or yeah. something. It's pretty brutal. It is brutal. Yeah, this seems very intimidating. So he wants to know who like paid him to do it. What's the deal with this record contract? It's callous. This guy's like never met him. He does everything by phone. In a, b- a bit of like deleted dialogue, they say like, "Oh, his voice sounded like broken glass," which I thought was pretty cool. Hmm. Good word yeah. word painting that they cut for some reason. Yeah, uh, stained glass. Stained glass. His voice sounds like stained glass. It had a very blue tint to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Presumably, Mac drags this guy by the tie to the police station. All right. So then we cut to the dojo office, and Mac, I guess, has been trying to reach Callus by phone. Like he's called, I guess, this maybe phony record company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's revealed Callus offered Max a recording contract to sell out Joe. And that's just to sell him out. To plant a huge <laughs> quantity of drugs yeah. behind yeah. his bar. So, like, hey, a commit some up. major felonies here. Yeah. You'd think this would cause some hesitation on the part of Max, but he's a real scuzzball, so. Yeah. He is shit. All right, so Joe and Mac are in the office trying to figure out what Callus's deal is, and then Richie comes in. Yeah, also, does... Uh, check it out. I won. Uh... <laughs> I won, if anybody cares. They don't. No, they don't. They absolutely do <laughs> no not. No one cares. Also, we mentioned that Mac allegedly drives Max to the police station. Because why don't the police just go, uh, so you're saying that you strangled this guy with his tie and drove with him? Because you're under arrest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when he gets there and says, like, I would have said anything. This guy was fucking physically torturing me? me. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It's like, well, this is weird. Yep. Where do you think you are, Beirut? Yeah, so, like, Max <laughs> is going to go to jail now? Maybe. Because he possessed those drugs. He committed obstruction of justice for sure. So we cut upstairs uh, to the law for the most pointless scene in this episode, where they recap everything that has happened. So right. ri- they basically fill Richie, Richie in. states the obvious. Yeah, he's like, so hold on. Like, let me understand why you want this guy's head. The first thing you got to do is find him, right? It's like, what the fuck yeah, are you talking no about, Richie? shit. <laughs> So anyway, they just kind of recap the plot, and that's this. Then Mac gets a phone call. From Mr. Callis, who's listening to some chant at Vanderbilt Hall. Come to the music. Very vague clue. That is Why doesn't he clue. just tell him? Good question. That's what he if Mac knows where he wants couldn't him. figure it out. Also, I was thinking, this is like a, a funny like movie and TV trope that's been lost now, like in the modern age of cell phones. Like They're all talking around about, like, oh, like we got to find Callis. And then the phone rings. And it's like, ooh, who's on the phone? Like, the mystery of a phone call in any sort of TV or movies is gone. Like, yep. because people just know who calls. Well, Unless, like, it's now they replace it with caller unknown, I guess, is how they've gotten around yeah. it. It would be caller yeah. unknown or just a series of numbers. You're getting a call from 607 1183. If okay. they use a burner, the wire. That's right. I feel like, I don't know, there's some mystery in, like, 
old TV shows about like the f- who's on the phone. Right. Or and every plot of Seinfeld is undone by the invention of cell phones. Right. Because yeah. like, a text would explain away every episode of that <laughs> show. Where are you in the parking lot? Here. Okay. Right. That whole episode. Stay yeah. by E3. <laughs> yeah. See you in a second. <laughs> yep. The end. All right. So Mac. Makes his way to Vanderbilt Hall. He's on the stage. Is this the same uh, place that they filmed the, what's it called, See No Evil or whatever? I was thinking that. I, I wonder. It looks familiar. Yeah. It's hard to tell because that was like black and white. They like dressed it up a little bit. We didn't see much of the place, but it could be the same place. Who knows? Yeah. And Joe warns him when he goes, be careful. He's as good as you are. Yeah. Maybe better. Mm. So like this is the first time in a while we've been like primed for a challenge like this. Yeah. That- right. That Mac might actually be fighting someone out of his league, especially in like the episode with like Michael Christian and all that. Like he's the big gun. Mac is the invincible one. Mm-hmm. Tables have turned. The tables. Callus turned. meets him on the stage. The spotlight goes on. Question: Who turns on the spotlight? But <laughs> he actually turns it on and then sprints, <laughs> sprints yeah. down. Sorry, I'm here for my entrance. <laughs> 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 Mama Luigi. <gasps> Callus is like, oh, there's some symmetry to this, like him luring Paul off holy ground and some fearful symmetry. Well, no, all the meanwhile, Callus uh, has sent a fax to Anne at the hospital. I laughed out loud at that. Yeah. He sends a fax, but yep. it's in Duncan's Duncan's handwriting. Duncan's handwriting. Like, oh, you should be me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? This furthers the not used in a while trope of a receptionist yeah. divulging personal information. Yeah. Where's or, Anne? Oh, let me get this fax. That here, was for here's her. his personal fax. Do you want the rest of her mail, too? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Do you have her social? I'm a friend of Duncan. McLeods. I <laughs> guess Anne and this receptionist have like gone back and forth. She knows. Yeah. Oh, Anne's abusive boyfriend. <laughs> I've heard a lot about you. Here, let me give you. Are you single? <laughs> All right. So we're in Vanderbilt Hall. Mac and Callis fight their way up the stairs. Anne arrives outside, and this Richie shows up not awesome. far beyond. This is this fantastic. Is great. Yeah. So yeah. like they start on stage. They work their way up. At some point, they're like looping their way up the stairs to the balcony. That's when Callus notices that Anne right. is arriving. Yep. And they do a very good job of setting up Callus as a credible threat. Yeah. Like he seems like he's every bit Adrian Paul's equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. So at some point, Mac is up like on the rafters or whatever, and he opens a door, and Callus is on the other side. Somehow. Somehow, but whatever. And he stabs him through, like, the gut. Yeah, well, he, he's already disarmed him at this point. Yes, Mac, Mac's sword gets knocked over the balcony. Yeah, so Mac tries to, like, hide, and, like, he goes up into the lighting area, and Callus just... Uh, this is Callus's hall. Yeah. This Callus, is yeah, he, like, owns this place. Yeah. So he knows all the ins and outs. He just appears up there and, boom, runs him through. It's brutal. It's savage. This reminds me of The Empire Strikes Back, when Luke, like, flips up into the weird, like, machinery of the carbonite mm-hmm. freezing chamber Impressive. and then callus throws his lightsaber mm-hmm. at him. yep and they uh, both have breathing problems oh that's true ooh, impressive ooh, 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 ooh. most impressive wow i did think this was funny like mac gets stabbed through the stomach and mac is like why it's like you don't know why like you ruined this guy's life remember that you guys are ancient enemies <laughs> why does he say why i don't know it seems pretty obvious to me it's not as though like callus isn't a piece of shit but like you yeah. knew that already. That was not news. Oh, well, I guess the the, the big reveal here is because we've never seen this because Callus talks like shit and we've not known why. So Mac is like, why? And he does reveal his collar and he's got this big scar. So I actually like the way this is told. Like, I feel like in a worse episode of Highlander, 
we would have seen all this backstory already. It's like, no, there's more to their story here because he's got a scar across his neck. And oh, we've not we seen don't that see yet. that. Yeah. And we've not seen that yet. Yeah, and which Mag- is pretty cool. It's pretty intense to try to ruin Mac's life this way. If he just wanted to fight him, he could have just fought him. And apparently it would have gone pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But he took all these extra steps to really twist the knife. And... I appreciate this. This guy's yeah. a fucking monster. It's yeah, awesome. Like, it's, this that. guy's a great villain. Yeah. Yes. It's great. <laughs> all right. So Mac gets like beat the fuck he's now hanging off of the balcony meanwhile Anne has shown up and richie has also shown up yep. a little bit later so she runs into the hall and yells for mac who's presently dangling and, and like, then he lets go because, because callus is about to take his head it looks like yeah so he's got to get out of here and he's like well and we'll finish this later i'm gonna go commit suicide and then we get a bunch of like bone crunches and he Ugh. like lands on the this seats. is brutal this yeah, is... his spine is fractured in multiple places yeah, yeah. so he's this a, is uh, horrifying because then Anne like sees, sees her this. yes yeah. and she's like ah <laughs> like she comes and, he's and she's definitely trying dead. to resuscitate it this is and richie like pulls her away like where does he take her do they call the police do they call an ambulance where does he go like bleh, what all right, so I have a couple questions. Why did Callus invite Anne to the hall? Did he want to reveal Max immortal, like expose this, and then hence ruin their relationship because he would have to like out himself to Anne? I don't know. I'm a little unclear on this too. My thought was he was gonna kill her, maybe first, either before or after killing Max. Maybe she was like a hostage situation that she just didn't show up in time. Yeah, mm, that makes sense. Because well, you know it's a fact, so you can't really determine whether or not they got it. Right. Maybe he doesn't bet on Richie showing up and he can kill Mac and then kill her. Or if she yeah, just first, for fun. <laughs> yeah, kill her and then kill Mac. I don't know if you guys thought about this. So I was thinking the way this plays out, Anne does not see Mac sword fighting at all. She sees him dangling from a balcony and that's why she screams like, Duncan, like what the fuck is happening? Then Mac lets go. So in Anne's mind, she, is the she, cause she broke up with Mac. <laughs> Mac sent her a message saying, <laughs> I'm sorry, Meet me here so I can show you how much you hurt my feelings and kill myself in front of you. Oh, my God. Holy so shit. Even I didn't in, think about that. Even that in trend. death, Mac is psychologically ruining Anne's life. Ruining this person. Uh-huh. Holy balls. Isn't that amazing? Like, this is so fucked. Yep. And oh, she's got so many problems. Poor lady. I know. Yeah. But I fucking hate Anne. Tessa was better. <laughs> <laughs> Yowza. Uh, yeah, this is savage. You know, I'm I sorry, Ann. Yeah, like, I didn't think of it that way. Like, but holy crap, that's plausible. Uh-huh. Jesus. All right, so another banner day for Mac. <laughs> yep. uh, Richie leads her out of there, so she doesn't see Mac, like, come to, I guess. Another weird thing is Callus like, retreats when Ann shows up. Well, I think it's because Richie's there, too. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Between the two of them, he right. can't go finish Mac off easily. That's my theory. Anyway. Or she would call the police, and maybe they'd show up soon. Yeah, she's probably going to call an ambulance or something, call the Amber Lamps, yep. and then it's going to be a whole thing. All right, so the denouement of this episode, we cut to the dojo. This is pretty dramatic. Anne is just standing in the middle of, like, the open dojo. I think this is a good mood. So she says she just wants, like, one last look because she's not going to come back around anymore uh, for obvious reasons. And Richie's like, okay. And Richie says, like, I guess I'll keep it open for a little while, and then I don't know. Um, you really need a Charlie. Too bad he's off fighting and... Parmistan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Anne's really upset. They hug. And I'm just like, this is so fucked. Like, Richie's lying now. Like, this is a disaster. Yeah. They keep... Ugh, 
I feel so bad for Anne. Anyway, so she leaves, and then Mac comes down the stairs. I guess he's been kind of eavesdropping on this whole thing. And Richie's like, how can you let her think you were dead? And Mac is like, the truth would be worse. It's like, I don't know if it really would be, because I think it would really clear up a lot of the fucked up things she had to deal with. And then you could also explain why someone was trying to ruin your life and frame her for killing her patients. Yeah. Right. And I'm not really dead. Isn't that a good thing? We should still be broken up, but just so you know, like, yeah. this is why it all happened. <laughs> don't I, blame yourself for this. Yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah, there's a lot of layers here. Max says he couldn't deal with another Tessa. He <sighs> yeah, a could selfish, right? Yeah. She just dealt with a Tessa. What about her? Yeah. Yeah. She just dealt with that situation. Right. Even worse. Even worse, because... Oh, yeah, if you reverse this whole situation, like, Tessa DeMac was constantly being put in danger, she was being threatened, all this sort of stuff. That's literally happened to Mac in their relationship. Like, Mac is being threatened all the time. Mac is in danger, like... And now she lost them. Max says Callus will not go away. He's like, well, maybe you can think of something so we don't have to leave or whatever. Short of just telling his girlfriend that she's nuts, there's no way he can stay. Like, she needs to find out. And I assume she tells someone that Mac is dead. Right? She doesn't just keep this information to herself. All right, so now we cut to the Vanderbilt Hall. I think this is pretty cool. I like this ending a lot. There's, like, the stereo is playing. Like, we know what's coming from the stereo. And Callus is on the, the stage, like, lip-syncing mm-hmm. to this opera. Do a little opera fanfic. Yeah. Yep. A little opera role-playing. Opera lip-sync battle. <laughs> yeah. Paul's ghost starts singing on Bagliacci. the other side. Bagliacci. as a clown. Now we're talking. Clown town. Mime time. And uh, that's it. And he kind of, like, walks off stage, and you hear, like, a voiceover saying, like, Soon, McLeod, soon. And that's the end of the episode. This is pretty solid. Yeah. It's really interesting, our recording of this episode, because we just did this immediately after recording the last episode, Blind Faith, where we talked a lot about an episode in which not much happened. A very plot-sparse this is a plot-heavy episode where everything is plot, and the nature of our conversation was very different. Because, like, there's no moral question in this episode. No. But it's fucking solid as hell. Like, yeah. Like, it's got a great characters, it's got great villains, though there isn't really a moral core to it. No. And that's interesting, and that completely changes the way we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about this in a somewhat perfunctory kind of way, because we couldn't even do our weird diatribes, because there wasn't even shit to tease about it. It's just really solid all around. Yeah, right. the mechanics of this episode work really well. Like, this mm-hmm. is moving the pieces, because this is the finale of Vancouver. So we're about to move to Paris, and this is basically getting us set up for that move. And it's like, let's get Anne out of the picture, because she's not coming to Paris. we got to introduce, like, this long-term villain, which is something they've never done before. Like, this is really about doing a lot time. of solid stuff. It also, like... Like, well, we're about to find out what Joe does when he goes to Paris. But, like, they're, like, they close the bar. Essentially, like, they're shutting down everything that exists in Vancouver. Which is an interesting transition. Like, what, how did they do it? Like, Band of Brothers was like, oh, we need to follow this character to this other place. And I guess we'll stay here while we're here or whatever. Right, uh, right. And this is just like, no, like, everything that happens in Seacouver is fucking toast. And Unholy Alliance like, burn, is that way, too. Burn right? the bridges here. Yeah. Unholy Alliance is I gotta follow Xavier and Horton to Paris. Right. So they always have, like, a reason. But this is, like, definitive. This mm-hmm. feels like they might, like, you could be forgiven for thinking they'll never come back to Seacouver. Yeah. After this. Do they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're contractually obligated to come back to Seacouver. Uh, yes, and? <laughs> but this is great. Callus is great. He's a fantastic he villain. Yeah. Like, I buy into this so completely. I'm rooting for his downfall, but he is such a credible threat. You know what's interesting? What makes Callus a successful villain? Like, we've seen in the movies, at least, let's, and I'll, I'll even dabble a little into Highlander 3, which we haven't really talked about, but like, they were constantly creating like Kurrigan clones. I felt like they were trying to, ca- like, they kept trying to re- reproduce that magic they got with Clancy Brown. Like, in Highlander 2, there's which like the joyride. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it felt too copycatty 
there's elements of Callus that are that the voice in particular. It's like so, oh, like we get this grag like gravelly voice and we get the scar across the neck. But I think the similarities stop there. Like it's the motivation of this character is fantastic. Like they give us a good reason that these two people have beef. And actually, we haven't even found out the second reason yet, which is awesome. There's like the, a bread which drum. is really the main reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, but we know that like this guy had this good thing going in the church. Mac ruins it. Yeah. And, like you know they hate each other for good reason. Mm-hmm. Like Callus killed his friends. Mac like ruined this guy's life's work at that point. And then there's still more to buy into. Yeah. Big credit to like David Rollins and the writing staff because like the people that were working on the second and third movies like they maybe never got what was fun or great about Clancy Brown. Right. And also I mean Clancy Brown was I don't want to say hollow but like he was a lot of show. Like he was just this big flashy villain. And they just kind of kept putting that like makeup essentially on other villains. Mm-hmm. But like they they it was never good... going to work twice. No. It was like a miracle that it worked once. And right. it's just cuz right. like all the that style about it. And yeah. Like, yeah. There's so much mood in the first movie that it carries over the somewhat hollow motivations of the character. Right. But with this character, I feel like they grabbed on to like, let's take a little bit of what we liked about like the Kurgan. Like, let's give him some style, like this throat thing, the scar. Like, that's visually interesting and neat. But like, they built in like actual character motivation. And a little bit, I mean, like, I don't know if this is like they're taking even some cues of like how Xavier St. Cloud worked out pretty well. It's like, hey, Mac took his hand. Like, that's a good reason for this guy to fucking hate him. They're like, hey, what can Mac do to this guy to fuck up his life? Mm. This guy's a worthy villain of this show, of this like mythology. Like, this guy's great. Yeah, and just the fact that they gave him more real estate to work in is incredible because it's like about time. We're constantly saying that when like they encounter good villains. It's like, why is this guy just a one and done? Like this gives you a chance to m- make it work. Absolutely. So how about I read a little bit of Callus's Watcher Chronicle? Do it. Callus was known alias's brother Callus. It's hardly an alias. Uh Antonio Neri is another one. Uh, he was born in 369 in Rome. So this guy's ancient. He's old. Holy crap. His first Damn. death was in 408. He was stabbed 30 times by a runaway slave. Uh, wow. His first teacher was Paul. Uh, his original cultural affiliation was Roman. His distinguishing characteristics are scarred throat and voice. Yeah, okay. Uh, recent base of operations, Paris. Occupation, music, impresario. And there we go. So his chronicle is Senator Flavius Callus raised the foundling boy called Antonius well, teaching him the skills of intrigue, subterfuge, and manipulation that had kept the family in the forefront of Roman politics for generations. The Callus legacy would have died in 408 when Emperor Honorius, slave, stabbed Antonius in the public baths until the water ran red. But Callus awoke in the family crypt. Knowing someone was after his life, he fled Rome. The immortal cleric Paul took him in and taught him what he was. Together, they became brothers in Christ. And when Paul founded the Abbey of St. Christopher, Callus was his right-hand man. As the centuries wore on, however, he became less passionate about the kingdom of God and more obsessed with there can be only one. Since Duncan MacLeod had Callus cast out of the monastery, severing his link to God, Callus has been able to concentrate his family's legacy on being that one. Yeah, this is good stuff. I'm very impressed with it. I'm so happy to be here. I feel so fortunate. I'm so grateful. <laughs> the Callous Cycle. Kyle, you have a game? I do have a game. We're actually going to play another game of Watcher Tube. This flips the script a little bit. This is going to be Eamon... Last time we played this, there were five episodes. We're going much shorter. There's three, but there's only gonna, but there's gonna be five clues for each, and Ooh. they are a little more obtuse. Or at least I think so. That was my theory going into this thing. We'll find out. Ready? I'm ready. Clue the first. 
Duncan has bedded more women than actual beds. Wow. Lady and the Tiger. Ah, no, it's not that one. Obsession. Nope. Damn. Second clue for this one. Ready, nerds? Mm. Hasn't Duncan heard of bros before hoes? Bro, be. If it helps, bros and hoes are capitalized. <laughs> oh, it does. Uh, 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 saving Grace. I can't remember the title. Nope. All right. Clue three. Clue three. So ridiculous. When she kicks him at, tw- at minute 28, second 51. <laughs> Please. Dot, 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 dot. Why a woman? Whoa. Uh, Four question marks. Why a woman? Um, you can do this, guys. Wow, I believe in you. This is killing me. I feel like I know this episode. You feel like it, but do you know it? <laughs> I feel like you know it, too, but I'm not sure you do. This, this one, you might start getting it. We're getting into credible territory. Holy shit. She bounced? That's one tough Free fall. chick. Free no, fall. I know it. I, I, it's Chuck Solace. Damn it. Come on. Oh, damn it. It's, this, it's the one with Sheena Easton. Yep, it is. Uh, you both know the episode. I can't remember the name of that. I can't come up remember with it. what it was called. I know. What happens in that episode? Um, God damn it. And it's right after Tessa dies. Yep, it is. Uh, this is pathetic. I can't remember the title of this episode. I can't either. There is one more. Read it. On Duncan doing a woman after Tessa's death, colon, in his defense, if oiling and polishing the old Highland Dirk Ew. was one way of saving Richie's life without having to fight or kill Annie, it was worth a try. We both know the episode. We can't remember the title. Yeah. What is it? It leaves the world blind. I for an eye. All right. Fuck. Damn also, Why is everybody an asshole on YouTube? Everyone's like yeah. sexually gross. And as I say, as we're sexually gross on the show all the time, but somehow we're better. I know. Also, yeah. <laughs> also, it's worth noting someone calling themselves with the YouTube screen name Richie Ryan with a picture of Richie Ryan just commented apropos of nothing. Quote, the fuck? That's it. Was that uh, Stan Kirsch? Classic. Yeah, Richie it, was, Ryan. it was actually Stan Kirsch. All right. Next round. Clue one. I think I speak for all of us when I say I wanted to see those boobs spelled B-E-W-B-S. <laughs> oh, my Ooh, God. Uh, the Gathering. Amen. Nope. All right. Clue second. Second clue. Lol. At 1833, watch closely. You can see a pulse in her neck and under the necklace. Still love the series. Nothing is perfect. Write a passage. No. Damn it. Free fall. No. Damn it. All right. I'm just going to keep getting all the boob fall. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Third clue, Maurice likely has a concussion, and Max gives him a bottle of wine. Lol. Maybe oh. he's... starter. Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. Maybe he's hoping he'll die. <laughs> I All just right. need to read the episodes, like, before <laughs> right. I come to these. <laughs> All right, what are the other clues real quick, Kyle? So she was alive and unable to move for 2,000 years? Must have felt like a long time. <laughs> or... This is actually a response to, I think I speak for all of us when I want to see those boobs. The follow-up comment was, you mean her Nefertiti's? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're 14. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right. Last one. Ready to rock, guys? Yeah. And or roll. Are there steals in this game? This one's intense, so buckle up. She's a hater. Jealous-ass bitch gets what she deserves. <gasps> she must be a Democrat, because that's how they live and do. Whoa. Obsession. <laughs> Jealous. Um, oh, my God. Free fall. <laughs> Next clue. What a piece of shit song they're trying to perform. <laughs> oh, my God. Beast Below. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's true. That song is a piece of shit. 
Also, I should note that the other comments on that, actually, I left out a word just to make it harder, but it was actually jealous ass black bitch. Oh, oh my God. That's the quote on that first one. The two follow-up comments were, the t- these are the two responses to that. I'm tired of all these racists in my Highlander <laughs> comment feed. And then the second one was, yeah. hail Hitler, queer. <laughs> Uh, oh my god. Well if well if I may put on my YouTube commenting hat for a second. Go kill yourself. <laughs> like all those people are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. What's wrong with people? I do not know. Was... Can you imagine if that was this podcast? Like if that's the way we talked about these episodes. Oh my god. I can. Yeah. I mean I can imagine it. Hmm. We'd be awful. <laughs> oh yeah. We'd be world famous. Yeah, we might be. One of them was nice and thrilling and filmed at the Paris Opera. Nice and thrilling. Nice and thrilling. And then the other one was, I don't know. This is similar to Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, there we go. That's how you play Watcher Tube. Watcher Tube. So, so if I recall, it was two to one. Yeah, keep beat me. Oh, sorry, Eamon. Ugh. I suck at these games. I mean, you must be a Democrat because that's what they let him do. That's right. That's amazing. <laughs> what is that? That the politics were brought into that. <laughs> that's yep. how they live and do. Any final thoughts on this episode, guys? It was great. This is a must see. It's yeah. awesome. This episode is so good. It almost hurts our podcast. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's not like much to talk about. To talk about I, I'm looking at my this. notes. Like, I have no notes at the end of the episode about, like, I wish they did. Like, my only note is maybe I wish there was a little bit more mystery with who did it. Right. Yeah. Like, I wish Callus's story was, like, way, like, pushed further in the background. Yeah. And we're not sure exactly what's going on. But that's a tricky thing to do, too, because it's like, when do we learn about Callus? At the end of the episode? Or I, I don't know. Mechanically, I don't know how you tell the story without revealing this character. And also, like, right. the nature of one of these shows, it's like, as soon as you see the guest star, it's like, you kind of know, it's like, oh, they're the villain. That probably the bad guy. Yeah. It was actually Brother Paul the whole time. Uh, what a twist. Yeah, this is a Just pretty good Kyle's episode. Line. And more good ones to come. I mean, this is like a yeah. great, like, set the stage. Also, is this the first to be, get, be continued episode? No. no. Sorry. You knew that. Did I? Counterfeit, part one and two. With oh, Unholy Alliance, right. part one and two. All right. All right. There's fine. There's the a bu- and there's other and the watchers. Oh, yeah. I did have a note. Adrian Paul uh, made a... Con- yeah, AP himself uh, commented. I guess he wanted, as as well as a number of people, did want to do more long-term episodes, more two-parters, all that sort of stuff. But because this show is syndicated... Oh, they, would, they don't have the order. They would send these like in batches to these networks. And the networks would sometimes just show them however they felt like showing them. And so it became very difficult to sh- do these like serialized stories because they would be played out of order a lot of times. That's which garbage. sucks, yeah. It is. Boo. Boo, indeed. This episode's fucking great. Boo. I'm trying to think of something Boo. for us to talk about. Or Boo. just nothing. I'm it's excited. Just, great. just go see it. It's awesome. Like, Callus is a great villain, and this is the beginning of something wonderful. Yeah. Like, I'm excited for the journey we're about to take. I guess that's what we episodes. should talk about. Yeah. Like, because this is the end of Vancouver, which is, they've gone a little further this season into, like, this is not the halfway point. So we'll yeah. past it. But uh, this sets the pieces for the rest of the season being amazing. About to meet people like Mythos. Uh, we're about to meet. Uh, I'm like really excited. Doing? Yeah, I'm pumped too. This, this is, is good. good stuff. We're entering like the golden age of this show. Pump it up. This is the shit I was watching when I was a kid and being like, I love this show. This is the greatest show. We're entering something really fun. And that's great. The good stuff. See, if you guys were listening in to <laughs> watch this poop on this thing, like, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing bad to say. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. This, this is, is great like show. excellent. Like, if they made this today, not much would be different. 
Right. Like, no, there's not much to change. Well, like, this feels modern. It feels sleek. The action is great. The threat is credible. The human drama is real. And finally has a human interaction and kicks Mac to the curb. Like, yeah. And is this the last we see of Anne? No. That's right. But it's a real mm. tragedy, just the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that, you know, Anne's a great character. I think Anne's a good character. We should give her. We should give her a little send off right now. Anne is a strong woman. Uh, Anne should be a good character, but isn't. She should never. She, she should herself... never have been shit on by the fans or whatever. Like she was shit on. Like yeah. people compared her to Tess too much. I think that was a detriment. I even think the writers tried to be like, oh, she's not Tess. It's like, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with their chemistry. It's more the writing that prevents chemistry from happening. Right. Yeah, because they're constantly pushing her away and pushing her away and pushing her away. And the relationship just feels implausible. Yeah. Like, I was rooting for this to end the entire time. And not because, like, out of dislike for her, because she deserved better. Yeah. I know Eamon just wants to put her on the table and slam in the pork. (laughs) Slam in the pork. For those who missed it, that was a YouTube comment from a previous thing. (laughs) Eamon is not a disgusting human. He just reads and repeats things disgusting humans say. That's right. Because I enjoy it. Let's rate this episode. Kyle. How many shots of insulin do you give this? Ooh, I give this four shots of insulin. The only thing this episode is missing is a moral question. Right. But this, the drama is great. The performances are great. The characters are great. Pieces are moving. Action is happening. Moves are being made. Love it. Into it. Watch it. Yeah. Amen. how many long overdue relationship ultimatums would you give this? Four. Four. It's a four. Yeah. Does that mean you just threaten to dump Mac four times in a row or do you space him out? I'm going to space him out a little bit. <laughs> Gotta make them last. Because I gotta get my D. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and I will give this episode also for Domino Patrice. So, yeah, we are, we're are we all in agreement. This is like solid four. Golf. Mm-hmm. Four great justice. Well, we can't wait to dive into the second part of the season. Make sure to join us next week when we will be discussing episode 15, Starcrossed. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. 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 a little bit of a break right no february 14th is the last episode scratch all that bullshit directed by palo barsman last week episode we saw let's talk about this episode for well let's start